We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome into the game day edition of the Pack a Day podcast. I'm Steve Perhatch, joined by Dusty Evely, Sarah Kelleher. Thursday night football, Packers, Eagles. Guys, I'm excited. This is going to be fun. Uh, how you doing over there? How's Kentucky? How's Florida? What's going on with you guys? I'm so- oh. oh, yeah. Oh, there it is. <laughs> you That's you go bad. first, Sarah. You please go first, Sarah. Okay, I will go first. I am super happy because what's better than one Packers game in one week? Two Packers games in one week. So I am very excited. I feel like this is the perfect way to kind of cap off my week. I was at Lambeau on Sunday for the game, which was amazing. And now I am get to experience another game just a couple days later at home. So I'm feeling great, super pumped about Thursday night game. I shouldn't let Sarah go first because she talked about Lambo and I can't follow that. Um, <laughs> here in Kentucky, we've not gotten rain in two months, uh, so that's cool, I guess. Um, but yeah, man, two games. It doesn't week, sound cool. It's not great. It's not <laughs> great. If I'm being honest with you, just, here just... in Florida, we haven't had rain in three hours, so I will keep you updated on that. Thanks, Sarah. It rains. Dusty the is the, is the bourbon okay? The bur- the bourbon's not affected by the rain, right? Bourbon's good, dude. Everything, okay. everything from what I understand, I think the bourbon's fine. So we're that good. Doesn't, don't care about the rain in Kentucky, then. Then we're all good. Thanks, dude. Um, yeah, that, I'm here for you, brother. Don't worry. <laughs> Sarah, Sarah, tell us all about your uh, your all-encompassing we- Wisconsin weekend. I mean, you got here and you did Badgers, you did Packers. Kind of hit us up with the highlights. How was it? It was amazing. I wouldn't have expected anything less, honestly, because each year that I've gone, it's been so much fun and such a great experience. And I had never been to Madison before. Usually we would just fly into Milwaukee. We'd kind of, we had gone to a Bucks game in the past when we had gone later into the fall. And then we would drive up to Green Bay. And on Sunday, we go to a Packers game. But this year, we kind of did a doubleheader. So we had Wisconsin-Michigan game on Saturday, and then the Packers game on Sunday. And so it was my first time in Madison, which I loved it there. It was super pretty. I, It was really cool to see the campus and kind of compare it to the campus here at UCF and what's different, kind of what was similar, and just the whole vibe around the campus was really fun, especially on the game on the game day. And the game day environment was amazing. The game was amazing. They crushed Michigan. And I don't like Michigan, period. So it was a double win for me 
at one point everyone was chanting overrated, which I was screaming at the top of my lungs because <laughs> I wholeheartedly agreed with that. And the like student section was insane. They had so many traditions and everything. It, it was really cool. And just kind of the history around the campus and everything there was awesome. And then Sunday, obviously, at Lambeau was amazing. It was supposed to rain. And it only sprinkled and slightly rained a little bit. So I was very happy about that. I had my poncho. I was well prepared. But obviously, it's Lambeau. It's a Packers game. They won. Doesn't really get much better than that. It was super, super fun. And I can't wait to go back next year for our annual trip. And, yeah, I honestly am kind of sad. It was tough knowing, like, in a few days there was another game. I almost just, like, wanted to stay. Like, my dad, (laughs) when we were at the airport, he was like, I wish he could just stay. Like, it's only a couple of days away. We, we should just stay. And I was like, oh, I wish, I wish. So I am so jealous of any of you who are listening who get to go every week or who go often because it is so much fun. And I think even if you're a sports fan in general, that you have to make it there one time because it's just an experience. Yeah, my older brother is a big Patriots fan, and we went to a game – in 07 and he was just like this is this is incredible just just the whole ambiance just everything is just just amazing there so yeah Yeah. if you can ever go it doesn't matter if you're a fan if you can ever go just go please yeah we had we actually had denver fans that were sitting right by us but they were pretty cool they were chill and something that they shared with us was that they have season tickets for all of the home games obviously but that it was a group of like five guys but that they pick one away game each year that they all go to together. That's awesome. And so they they said when they saw they were playing at Lambeau, they were like, it was a no-brainer. We knew that this was <laughs> going to be the one that we were coming to because we've heard such great things about it. And even the next day when we went back on Monday before a flight left that afternoon to go to the pro shop and other stuff, and there was people in full-out Bronco stuff that were walking around, that were taking a stadium tour. So it's truly, if you're just a fan of sports in general, you have to go, and it's such an amazing place. I think that's one thing to kind of almost appreciate, but anytime you look at the AFC games that, you know, the Packers are at home and they're playing an AFC opponent, you see a bigger sprinkling of that fanship's colors because it's the de- it is the destination because you like like your Broncos friend said they saw that on the on the schedule and they're like nope no question that's where we're going that's yep. where we're going this yep. year anytime that AFC team has a chance like fanship has a chance to go to Lambo that's where they're going to go so i mean that 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 kind of just states a fact about the packers which is pretty cool uh, i do have to ask Sarah did you fly into Milwaukee we did, yes. Uh, and now, now, see, now we have issues because you didn't even think to talk to me. Ooh. Well, you mm. left right away. Oh, sure. Weren't you out of town? No, no, that's next week. This this <laughs> oh, coming okay. weekend. I'm that was a really thought... good. That was a good try, Sarah. That's something. That's something I'm going to try though. That I, when I'm up. There. I thought you were out of town, but we left straight from Milwaukee and went right to. Sure, sure. Steve, I swear, I, you told me you were busy. I remember you were talking, mm-hmm. talking about mm-hmm. that off air, where no one could record. I see. Us, I see how this podcast works. Like the two of you, like <laughs> together, somehow, if if Dusty could manage to get some hosting skills, I think I could just be ousted pretty quickly. I have no interest in that, so you're good. I think you're safe for a while. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Well, I, I appreciate that. That makes me feel a little bit better. So uh, before we even jump into Packers stuff, I just wanted to um, celebrate the fact that Wisconsin is doing unbelievably amazing in sports right now. Like Sarah said, the pa- the uh, she was at the Badgers game. They beat Michigan. They're now in the top ten. I believe they're number eight in the AP. Went to a Packers game. Got the 3-0 victory, and tonight the Milwaukee Brewers clinched a wild card spot, if not more. So there's still potential for the division. So there's a lot of good things going on in Wisconsin sports, which is very exciting because normally I feel like as a Wisconsin sports fan, I, I mean, I love the Badgers, I love the Packers, I love the Brewers. Normally it's like I just kind of wait till I'm going to get kicked in the nuts. Like I feel like at some point it's going to happen. Like I just keep waiting and waiting and waiting. And right now, there's just there's just good stuff going on, and it just keeps going on. So I'm enjoying the uh, the ride of all the Wisconsin wins right now. I know you guys aren't full on Wisconsin, like everything Wisconsin fans, but uh, 
I'm loving it right now. And I'm sure some of the people that are uh, listening right now are loving it as well. So I just wanted to point that out before we jump right into uh, some Packers stuff. So Dusty, you've got some Mike Pettin comments uh, that made you chuckle a little bit. I've got some Mike Pettin comments that made me think a little bit. So let's start with you. Yeah, um, so I, I didn't see the clips. I was just kind of reading stuff. And I know at one point, I think it was Nagler basically said Pettin was just just was rolling a stand-up set up there, uh, which sounded just amazing. Uh, I know he had his thing about someone asked him about the picture of him with the Smiths and the smile. And he was like, nah, that's a that's a fake picture. That wasn't. Wasn't me in the smile, which killed me. But my favorite thing was um, uh, Pettin said that Zadarius Smith uh, wanted to be on the field so badly, he tried to fight Pettin when he took him out during the second preseason game. And uh, someone asked Pettin, who would win that fight? And Pettin's response was simply, oh, please, do I have a weapon? Am I in my car? That <laughs> absolutely killed me. Zadarius Smith is a large, large human. I love that Pettin was not like, well, you know, baby. He's like, no, 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 do I... <laughs> What am I equipped with? Do I have like a bat with barbed wire around it? Because then even then it's probably like 25% chance of winning. So you're going like full on uh, walking dead reference, a bat with a barbed wire. Well, you know, I feel like, I feel go, like, go like Negan like, style. I well, like if you want to say that, or if you also want to If you got to take down Zadarius Smith, I don't know what else you can do besides like a car or a bat with that barbed well, wire. If you're also going to do a bat, you could really go, you could do Steve Harrington and just, just, jagged nails sticking out the sides of it as well you cut a couple different directions if you bat if you want to go that direction i suppose that's true but still you're probably not winning yeah yeah i still think like even if you hit him with a bat like that he'd still probably just he'd kind of like look at you like really that's all you got and then just kill you oh no absolutely yeah i know he would laugh and he would smile at you and then the next thing you know your head would be on a spike <laughs> oh my god like in a cool way though yeah, like you yeah. know, like the, he, he put the Packers helmet on top of it to make it. Yeah, cool. I think. Yeah, we're in the we're almost to October. It's Halloween season. Mm-hmm. Like I think it, I think that fits. Like, I, I like a, it. Put a candle in your head, in the bottom of your yeah, head. exactly. Candle. Yeah, mm-hmm. like your mouth open up and yep. a candle inside. Yeah, I think yeah, that yeah. work. No, I'm I'm with you there. We're on the same page. Uh, me and you are on the same page. Sarah has checked out mentally. I First believe, so. time ever. <laughs> yeah, I'm like you guys are so far gone right now. I'm just gonna let you have this moment together. Hey Steve, when, uh, when do we when do we start recording this episode, Steve? Are you... <laughs> uh, that sounds about right. That, 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 there's no way that this is going out to the public because <laughs> Dusty and I agreed on something. So you're gonna have to bleep this. It'll be like bleep for like a solid thirty just seconds. A really long slide whistle. Yeah. Next, sorry about those technical difficulties. <laughs> I'm gonna do a slide whistle over Steve, and I'm gonna dub myself back in. Just going, Steve, I hate you so much. Um, just over and over. That's more fitting. I feel like I fully believe that will happen. So I'll be interested to listen in the morning. (laughs) I loved that comment. I did uh, love another comment from Patton, which uh, he was talking about the defense and kind of a self assessment, uh, you know, full on Mike McCarthy, you know, self scout. And he did that. And he was quoted saying, we've got to handle We've got to get a handle on explosive plays, not just the run, but the passes. The praise we're receiving as a defense, our guys know that we're nowhere near where we can be. Hopefully they realize how close we are to being real good. I freaking love this. Like the the fact that Patton realizes that, you know, he's got a great defense, but he needs to continually push them and push them and push them. And can show them, like, look, you guys are getting praise. Like, the, the national media is talking about you as a defense. You know, they're they're touting your your scoring numbers, your sacks, your takeaways, everything like that. They're touting everything like that. But there's plenty you can work on. There's plenty you can work on to be better. Like, that's what I want from a coach. And I, it's kind of one of those things that brings me back to to Goody, to, um, to Mark Murphy of saying, hey, we're going to bring in a head coach we're going to bring in a head coach that wants Mike Pettin that, that knows Mike Pettin's going to be the defensive coordinator because he's doing something really good here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I love the defense. I love everything. I mean, I know there was some bumps and bruises in the last couple of games, but the potential for where they're going is so exciting. And I think, I, I, I don't think anyone is more excited about it than Aaron Rodgers. He literally will not stop talking about this. Every interview, he's like, well, the offense didn't play that well, but I love our defense. Our defense is so good. And it's amazing. He was li- literally rubbing his head on the sideline, his bald head, just <laughs> rubbing it the other day on Sunday after they won. And 
the defense always looks like they're having so much fun. Like they're this collective unit and it's really refreshing to see a Packers team like that. So I love it. It's, it's amazing. I mean, at what point do we talk about Aaron Rodgers bullying defensive coordinator? I mean, he's, he's, there's multiple yeah. times that he's been attacking him. I don't, I don't yeah, like it. striking him know. about his person unprovoked. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, it's, you know, he's a menace that I think needs to be stopped. And I, I hope just, I hope someone, someone, anyone picks up that story. Um, cause there, there's something to it, I believe. I'd give. Uh, I'm gonna guess Florio will go there. That's my no, guess. No, no, he wouldn't right? do that. He that that, do that can't be right, Steve. So we have a game day episode. So we are talking some injury reports, which is not fun. Um, the Packers don't have too many guys, but a couple of names on there that obviously you will recognize. Montravius Adams on Wednesday was out. They had Orrin Burks listed as out. They had Cairo Fackrell listed as questionable. They have Kumaro, this is questionable, and the big, big, big one, Zadarius Smith, questionable, with a, where is he at? Uh, with a knee, which I'm not digging. Um, so there's that to kind of take a look at. I mean, guys, what do you think? It's We knew these things, for the most part, we knew these injuries coming into it, but what's your gut reaction with Zadarius Smith? Sarah, what hit me up with your thoughts first? I mean, obviously, this is kind of concerning to me. He has been so good, not only as like on the field, but I feel like he's just a great leader for the defense in general. So the fact that his presence may be missing physically on the field is a little bit concerning to me. I mean, he came back, he played well after he got hurt, he had the sack to kind of close things off to end the game. I think he'll be okay, but I don't know. If he does not play, I'm not super concerned. I think the Eagles are banged up enough to where the guys that the Packers have right now, they'll be able to handle it. But obviously it's a loss if he's not in there. There are better defense. This is a saying. Everyone knows this. I'm stating the obvious right now, but they're better defense when he's on the field. So that's basically what I think of it. He's not there. I think it sucks, but I think it's manageable. If he's there, even better because he's a difference maker. Yeah, I think it's it's probably precautionary. I mean, he was out, you know, left left the fourth quarter, third or fourth quarter. I can't remember. It was the second half of that game. That's okay. Third. Like he Came went back out. Yeah, he was back. Like I think probably one of those like w- did not practice just more because it's precautionary. It's a short week. You want to have him rested. I mean, I I don't remember seeing anything that happened after he came back in. So. I just it I, I'm not really concerned. I mean, again, like Sarah said, that that sucks. Um, it, it'd be very nice to have him out there and 100. I have like very little doubt in my mind we're going to see him out there on Thursday. Just seems more precaution than anything else. So Packers have some flaws. The Eagles also are beaten up pretty badly. So Ronald Darby, Deshaun Jackson, Tim Jurgen. Jernigan are out for sure. Corey Clement is questionable. Uh, looks like they should have Alshon Jeffrey, Dallas Godard. Holy God, I don't know how to pronounce that guy's name. Uh, Kamu Grieger Hill. Yeah, a, yeah, sure. Zero okay. percent chance you got that. Oh, absolutely. That's not right. <laughs> and uh, Derek Barnett. Okay, Derek Barnett. There. Good job. Uh, they should be good to go. But, I mean, this team is beaten up. They're, they're out. They're without uh, several of their top cornerbacks that are defensive tackles. So it'll be it'll be pretty interesting kind of to see how this whole injury injuries um, affect the game. But, you know, a little bit on each side, you're now into week four. That's, that's kind of what's expected. I mean, at this point in the season, I mean, the, I feel like the Packers are actually – Better off than they have been in the last couple of years. I don't know if I'm wrong there, yeah. but no, that's it. it feels knocking, right. I'm knocking on wood as you're saying that because I was just thinking. There you that go. I got you day. too. I feel like usually there's some huge injury by now, and I mean last week or last year, week one, Aaron Rodgers was banged up badly, and that just blew up so many things. So to kind of be at the point where they're at, they haven't lost a game. There's been some bumps and bruises, but nothing, knock on wood, extremely major. It, it's, it's great, but I'm a little scared because I feel like it's coming it's at some point. Coming <laughs> at one point. 
you know, like there's no, I feel like there's no such thing as just like a season like that where like everything would have to go perfectly for that to happen. And that's so hard at that level and everything. So I'm just, I'm hoping if it happens, it's nothing too crazy, nothing too serious. And I hope it's, I don't know. I hope it never happens. I don't know. And that's a fair assessment. But I mean, honestly, I feel like as Packer fans, as Wisconsin fans, we are all, like I said before, we're all waiting for what we quote as like the inevitable of like, I'm watching a horror movie because I'm watching it because you guys told me I had to watch it. And every time I'm just, I'm waiting for the clown scene. I'm waiting for the clown to show up and scare the hell out of me. You're waiting for this injury to come that, will affect the team i mean they they have they've already had a couple like they've got uh i mean lane taylor going down they've got Oren burst going down like they've already had a couple nothing major but more than you would want so yeah i mean both of those guys though i mean that's the thing like taylor people were screaming for his head whether rightly or wrongly is one thing um but people wanted taylor gone and now they got jenkins in and jenkins played a good game and and burks was always kind of a if he hits, uh, if he hits, that's fine. Like he'd be a good addition. I know you were you were pretty high on him, and when he went down, that was that was a fairly big thing. I know for you, Steve. Um, but I think they've managed that fairly well, just because the expectation for them coming in, it's not like he was an established player yet. You know what I mean? And so, like the, those injuries feel different. If Zadarius Smith sure. went down for a long period of time, like there is a not all injuries are created equal. Uh, but I also know just just to try to hopefully sprinkle a little optimism in here. Based on you know some football outsiders and stuff, their studies. If you look at like adjusted games lost for guys going in IR or just guys missing games due to injury, a lot of times that stuff will level out. And so you have a team like last year who you know the 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 Bears just you know won the division clearly, um, and then you know lost in the playoffs. <laughs> they lost. Double doink. They didn't win a game. They didn't, guys, they didn't win a game in the playoffs. Um, but they were extremely remarkably healthy last year. And that, that typically doesn't carry over from year to year. But but what you also get from that is you can have a team that may have some issues staying healthy that will have a year where everything hits. So all I'm saying is this uh, – I, I get the I get the kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop type of thing. But there are teams that just get lucky and get a lot of key guys staying healthy throughout the year. Uh, and so that's what we can hope for right now. Again, you know, Taylor, Lane Taylor's on IR. We had big hopes for EQ. But a lot of these guys that are injured are kind of either maybe on the verge of being replaced or not quite established yet anyway. Um, so through three games, not looking too bad, and there's no reason that that has to stop. There's my dose of optimism for you today. Holy crap. I don't think I've ever heard optimism from you before. Typically, do. I'm, I, I, I'm digging it. I like I'm it, though. Pretty, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic more often than not. You just drag me down. Like, that's on you. Just, None of this is on me. Oh, that's on oh, you. He's, my f- he's yeah. optimistic because you guys agreed today. So he saw that anything is possible. Mm-hmm. Because that is just truly something I, I'm not used to. Still in shock. <laughs> Sarah is still in shock. Yeah. Well, this is the fun part, too, because now you just kind of were an ass to me, and I don't mm. really want to set you up for nice things, but... Mm. This is kind of where the episode went because we, we talked about this before. And after last game, I got a phone call from my dad. And my dad loves football. I love football. We, we kind of had to talk about the Packers and, you know, what we saw. And he's like, yeah, defense looks great. And I'm like, yeah, the defense looks great. You know, the, the, the new additions are awesome. It's been a lot of fun to watch. He's like, offense is the same. I'm like, well, no no, the offense isn't the same. And I'm like, you know, it's like, no, it looks the exact same to me. I'm like, well, you know, you, you kind of look for some different sets. You look for different, you know, they're, they've been doing a lot more motion, a lot of different things, like small things are the same. And I loved it just because my dad, who is not somebody who dives deep into, you know, plays or anything like that and just watches the games on Sunday and that's about it. He just listening and goes, no, no, it's the same. It's the same. <laughs> So same between LaFleur and McCarthy. So in my head, I just kind of was like, you know what? This this is something that screams Dusty easily to me of That's me. Dusty break break it down for us. Like this like there's gotta be other people out in the world who wanna know. Like what's the difference? Like it doesn't have to be a deep dive, but the difference between the LaFleur offense versus the McCarthy offense, like where do you see these subtle differences that maybe not everybody sees, but a couple of things that they can start to look for mm. and understand that this is a different offense? Uh, they're the exact same, Steve. 
messing with Son you. Son of a bitch. I'm, I'm messing with you. Uh, okay, so uh, for starters, let me let me just mention something about McCarthy because one of the things about that people still get on for McCarthy, and there was the um, I think it was a Bleacher Report article that came out. We'll, we'll say two to three years ago. That's basically like all McCarthy runs as ISO routes and makes Aaron Rodgers do things. Um, that was an outdated look by the time he was gone. Because if you look at uh, conception, I know and I've talked about this, I believe here before uh, that I think last year McCarthy said something like, if you look at what the Rams are doing, we're running a lot of the same stuff. And people are like, no, he's not. Well, yeah, he was. He was. The Packers last year, the past couple of years, really like kind of halfway through, we'll say the 17 season, really started incorporating some of these more modern concepts. Um, the issue with McCarthy, um, so I, I will say good things about McCarthy and then I'll kind of I'll, I'll say not great things about McCarthy, I guess. Um, he, he was kind of running these concepts, but one of the issues I had with McCarthy was uh, not he wasn't always running them well or correctly, I guess. He wasn't necessarily running them with the right personnel or out of the, the, the correct... Um, kind of situations and there's a i'll just talk briefly about sequencing because this is one of the big things you can have concepts but if you're not using the right personnel and if you're not using them like in the correct order or you're not setting up some of this stuff all you're doing is just taking one play out and and throwing it out of a bag and going now we run this one and we hope it works and then the next play is well now we're running this one we hope it works um so what i kind of one of the things there's two things i want to highlight here that we've seen over the past couple games um one of them has been uh steve i mean you you mentioned it at at the top of this thing is a lot of the kind of uh motion that they're running the shifts in motion uh, and and some of that stuff hasn't really paid off too much yet um but what they've done and if you watch uh you know it's a lot of atoms in the slot um which this slot is kind of a weird term in this offense just because everything's packed so tight a lot of times your widest guy out can technically kind of look like he's in the slot but uh they've done a couple times and it's not really paid off yet just because you guys are jumping those lanes and they played really good defenses but they've been shifting uh a running back out wide and depending on how the defense plays it, a lot of times what that will get you is the cornerback shifting out to pick up the running back, and then you'll get a linebacker over Devontae Adams. Um, and I'm going to talk about this. i got an article coming to come out tomorrow, and I'll kind of talk about this a little bit. Um, and they've not taken advantage of this yet, but what happened this past week when they did that was a linebacker was over Devontae Adams, which is not a good matchup. Um, you'll, you, you will see him. He kind of then like talks to the safety, and the safety comes over, and the, the defense is in kind of a, a too high safety look. Well, then what that does, and again, they don't they don't get it here, but just this look, this gives you once you get these mismatches what can happen you're now getting a safety out of position and you're opening that middle of the field a little bit and you're also bringing him up and you can hit something behind him those are things to kind of look for you're looking at those mismatches you're looking at okay when when a guy goes in motion which again mccarthy didn't do too much when a guy goes in motion how does the defense react a lot of times you know one of the things you can see is um it tells you whether the defense is is in a, a kind of a shell man or a shell zone look if a guy is following a guy across the formation typically read man if he's not that's typically zone but you're looking at other things as well you're looking at things like that like okay where are your mismatches where are your holes is there a guy that's uncovered if there's a guy that's uncovered is that either a quick hitter or you got a linebacker dropping out so you're looking at a lot of those matchup things um kind of looking to get your favorable matchups that's one of the big things um i said two things i'll do three things Uh, they run a lot of rpos as well maybe my number two except what they're doing this year and it's something that eagles have been doing a lot of as well is kind of these vertical pushing rpos um and so instead of just uh, traditionally what McCarthy had done was you do this RPO and, and the read, the pass read is essentially a wide receiver screen, which is fine. And, you, and you're kind of pushing that horizontally. But what the Packers are doing this year with the floor is you'll get that kind of quick play action, look downfield, and they're looking to run stuff like just vertically up the field. And he missed one. Adams was not looking. It was a miscommunication. But they're looking to hit that stuff. And that's something McCarthy did not do. Um, so those are the two. This third one is kind of the bigger one, and I realize I'm rambling a bit, but this is a big one. And I'm going to use this past week as an example. We'll talk about sequencing for a second because this is this is huge to me. Um, there's the big Vitali kind of fullback vertical wheel, whatever you want to call it, in the third quarter. That was just a huge, huge play. Um, and that's an awesome play. Um, but you, you also look at kind of why that was able to work. And why that's able to work was Vitali was in the game. He played like roughly 30% of the snaps in the game, a little over 30%. And for the most part, every single time, every single time he's out there, he's blocking. He's looking to hit the hole. He's lead blocking or they're selling a play fake or something. And so you're getting this re- repetitive action. You're getting this like regardless of like what formation they're running it out of. Vitaly's in there. He's the up back. He's he's going forward. Some and then what you and then what that forces the defense to do that forces the defender to hit him in the hole. So you got to hit him. You take out that blocker. Someone else comes in, picks up the running back, something like that. So you got this repetitive motion of Vitaly comes in, hits the line, someone picks him up. 
So the defense is now thinking every time he's in there, you're doing that. Well, what happened on this play? Again, you're setting this up through like 10 to 15 plays or something. It's just repetitive action. Well, this time, they do that same thing. You got this kind of, it's an I formation. It's a tight look. That was on second and one, so it's kind of a power situation. You're kind of looking run anyway. Vitaly goes to hit. The, in this case, it was the linebacker. I think it was Jewel. Josie Jewel goes to like pick him up in the hole. And Vitaly just, just blows past him. And they've already cleared out the edge because they're setting MVS. So now you've got this situation where the linebacker is looking to take on the fullback. The fullback doesn't even give him second glance and just takes off running out of the field, and there's no one there to pick him up. That's a, um, you know, a lot of times you can look at plays in a vacuum and say, this is why this worked, this is why this didn't. But you look at something like that, and you see like the sequencing of that, the events that led up to this, the, the either through games or through that specific game, you set up these tendencies, and then you have one play where you hit counter to it. Um, that's something that I don't necessarily love. I don't think McCarthy did that well, uh, especially toward the end there. And that's what we're seeing with LaFleur. So my three big ones are you're looking at that motion and shifts and how does that kind of give you these um, these mismatches? And, and, and how does the defense react to those? You're looking at vertical pushing RPOs, these quick hitting passes, a guy pushing up uh, usually – Usually a go out of the slot or something, but you're you know you're, you're looking at five to seven yards, and then also the sequencing and how does that look, um, and how how do you open up a big pass after these tendencies you set up? So some of that might be a little deeper, especially the sequencing things. But those first two are definitely something. Just look at that pre-sap, look at that motion. How are the guys moving? It doesn't look like there's a mismatch. Does it look like there's a hole? Those are kind of the big things that I think Lafleur is kind of put into place uh, that we weren't really seeing out of McCarthy the past couple years. Someone else talk. <laughs> <laughs> I need a drink of water, Steve. <laughs> what? You have water sitting at your desk? Oh, well, you actually do? I'm impressed. I I'm a professional, Steve. Yeah, I am not. I only have whiskey and beer, and my beer is gone, so I'm good to go. <laughs> um, but no, I, I appreciate that. Like, that's that's kind of – that's a lot of fun for me, like, because I'm not somebody who – knows that let that type of breakdown of the plays and stuff like that. Like I, I love to read your stuff. I like to see your videos like Ben Fennel, like he breaks down a lot of good stuff too. And like, it's just, it's very interesting. So for the average, average fan who is listening to this, like that gives you some information, definitely kind of the thing you want to hear of where there's some differences because when you watch the Packers games, the last, the last three weeks, like I think you can kind of like, I, I, somewhat understand my father's frustrations of now nah, offense is the same of you see Rogers holding the ball, mm-hmm. chucking him into the dirt. You see that kind of stuff. And that's another, that's, that's a whole nother conversation of RPOs and chucking the ball into the dirt, mm-hmm. um, which I know it sounds stupid, but it's actually a very smart play because by the time he's chucking the ball in dirt, if he's throwing it down the field, there's already linemen down the field, and we will get penalized for that. Mm-hmm. So, it, well, and one other thing to keep in mind: this has nothing to do with the Flores' offense necessarily. Just keep in mind: I know defense doesn't necessarily carry over year to year. Through the first three games this year, the Packers have faced three of the top. Uh, five defensive teams by DVOA from last year. So they faced three. I mean, we already know, you know, and the Broncos I don't think are what they were, but they still got enough pieces. So they obviously didn't do a whole lot, you know, as I think far so as far, like forcing fumbles, but they're paying like good defenses. Or something like that. So Okay. Yeah, and I mean, I mean stuff doesn't really level out until halfway through the season, so it's tough sure. to tell. But if you look at like ba- yeah, based on last year, three of these top three of these teams were in the top five of defense DVOA last year. So just something to keep in mind. It's not always, I mean, as, as you know, a lot of people say, uh, the, the other team gets paid too. Uh, you watch Rodgers hold the ball. I get that. It's frustrating. Sometimes the other defense just covered it up really well. Yeah. There's, there's not a whole lot of options. Like that's, and Sometimes that's there's nowhere the to go with the ball. Correct. Correct. So we jump in. It's, uh, it's Thursday night football. It is the Philadelphia Eagles at the Green Bay Packers. Uh, looks like the Packers are favored uh, by four points, which is about right. So, I mean, they, you know, normally home field advantage is three points. And then looks like Vegas thinks that Packers are a little bit better of the team. So preview wise, we're going to jump in. I want to do kind of the way we always do it of the, the you know, we did. Preseason previews, we did Thursday night preview for the op- the home opener, but what are you watching for? 
So, Dusty, you just talked for like 14 hours. <laughs> Sarah, we're going to start with you. What are you watching? What is the big thing that you're watching for in the Packers-Eagles game? So, the big thing I'm watching for in this game is kind of what's happening as far as touches with the Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones situation. We talked about this a little bit last week. Are you trying to piss me off right now? Is this what you're, you're trying to get me really enraged? Like I was just going to say Steve and I agree on <laughs> our thoughts on this. I After this weekend, I thought Jamal Williams did have a good game. He kind of picked up most of the yards, and Aaron Jones picked up all the touchdowns, basically, was how that went. But they pretty much split carries. I think Jamal Williams had 15, and Aaron Jones had 12, if I'm remembering that correctly. So it was pretty close. Uh, Aaron Jones had like more than 20 touches previously. So I'm kind of curious to see what happens there. I mean, it worked. Aaron Jones scored two touchdowns. They won the game. But is that what's going to work for them every single game? I don't know. So I think it's it's a little bit interesting about what's happening there. I'm curious to see if tomorrow they push one more than the other, if they kind of split the touches again, or if they go back to Aaron Jones getting a majority of the touches. So that is something that I'm looking at tomorrow. So we were at uh, 12 carries for Jamal Williams, 10 for Aaron Jones. Okay. But, yeah, I agree. Okay, it, it pissed me off. Uh, you listen to the whole thing of – Oh, we're trying to, you know, we want to keep people fresh for the next Thursday night game and blah, 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 blah. But I, 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 I don't get it. I don't get the fact that you have a star running back, a guy who can go for 150 yards at one week. And then you're like, nah, 10 carries is good the next week. I, and I, I, I fully understand the fact that they weren't converting on third downs and they only had 50 plays and blah, blah, blah. But Aaron Jones should not be outtouched by Jamal Williams. <laughs> that is not there is in, in no way, shape, or form should that be happening. Like it, it just shouldn't. It, I mean, whatever. If you want to do your balance carries, what, uh, do that. That's fine. But Aaron Aaron Jones should have the ball at least five more times than Jamal Williams. That oh, is my. That, that's all I got. That's all I got. I'm just Jamal I, Williams it, had a good game. He did. He did. He had a great game. Aaron Jones is better than him. He Cor- should be getting. It's he should correct, be getting. But every matchup's not the same, though. So, Steve, when I have you- a question. So, okay. Jamal Williams played well, obviously, in the last game. It worked for that game. What if that was just something they were doing for that game, or that they do every now and then? Are you still going to have a problem with it, or is it only going to be if it happens? Like every single week. Steve's like a really caveman, upset. so if he sees a thing, he's like see things <laughs> smash. He doesn't. I don't think. I don't think he understands nuance, Sarah. So I'm going to answer for Steve and say that he's going to be mad every time. Is that correct, Steve? <laughs> so basically, I'm wreck it, Ralph. Correct. Like just yeah, see, but like, smash, but, no. but like with more whiskey and profanity. I mean, I could get on board with that. That okay, works for me. That's not bad. <laughs> that works for me. Yeah, I. I just. I don't think they put him in situations for him to succeed. They had a Denver defense that was very stout on the front line and they were and they were quick in the secondary and they were giving Aaron Jones toss plays, which I've talked with Dusty beforehand. I still don't understand why that's in the freaking playbook. But yeah, let's toss it out to Aaron Jones and then he gets smoked in the backfield. I it so just fru- it just frustrates so me. It frustrates me that they they didn't understand the Denver defense enough to put him in the best situations. It seems like they had Jamal Williams in the best situations for him. But they didn't. I felt like there was there was not an, there were no screen passes to to Aaron Jones. Um, they didn't run the ball the way that he normally likes to. I don't know. I I don't think they put the the game plan for Aaron Jones was very good this last game for Denver. I think the game plan for Jamal Williams was really good. But if you can get both of them on the same field at the same time and kind of mess with defenses, I think that's a way better way to go than limiting Aaron Jones to 10 carries. All right, now I feel like I've talked enough. Dusty, what uh, what, 
What are you looking for in the Eagles game? Uh, yeah, I got a couple of things. Um, one of them is the passing game. Just, I mean, you know, the three games are not totally on track yet, but I do feel like they, they seem to be getting better every week. And it does seem like LaFleur is kind of opening things up a little more every week as people get a little more comfortable. So I do think that's getting better as it progresses. And I think it's going to have to again this week. Um, currently the Eagles are the fourth ranked rushing defense by DVOA. Um, and, but they're the 22nd ranked passing defense. So I still feel like just based on what we've seen so far, uh, they are going to still attempt to run, um, whether that gets them anywhere or not. Who knows? Um, the Packers are still going to try to run. I just think to move the ball consistently, we're going to have to see them pass, and that pass is going to have to work a little better. So I'm, I'm hoping what I'm looking for is when they do pass, I'm, I'm hoping we see a little bit more improvement. It's incremental improvements, and it might be tough. You know, it's a Thursday game. Uh, so it's short week anyway, and it's not like they're at they're you know the the top of their game this past Sunday. So it's not like I'm looking for like a quantum leap here. I, what I am looking for is just like another incremental increase uh, in a game they're likely going to have to to do a little better in the passing game to win. Um, so that's one. The, the other thing I'm looking for is just if you flip to the other side is just uh, you know Wentz is Wentz is. <laughs> I say Wentz is the best quarterback uh, that they've seen so far this year, which is less less because Carson Wentz is good and more because they've faced uh, Trubisky, Cousins, and Flacco. Um, but he's good and he's he's elusive. Uh, you know, last you're week not, he... You are not a Carson Wentz fan? No, no, I like Wentz just fine. I like Wentz just fine. I think he started off the season a little rocky. I'm not the hugest, but part of that is is also due to the weapons in the secondary. It's honestly, some of it's tough to tell. That team is just getting off a little rockier than I thought. I do like Wentz, and I clearly like him more than the first three quarterbacks that I've faced so far. <laughs> um, and, I mean, one of the things with him, you see he's accurate, and he also can scramble. He scrambled last week four times for a third three yards, but he's also been sacked seven times for the first three games. So uh, the pass rush is going to be huge, but also like the pass rush and kind of what we saw um, in Chicago that first week, that pass rush where it's just – you just compress that pocket. You don't let him get out. Because when he gets out, he can really, really hurt you. Uh, so that's what I'm looking for is, is that pressure, but not not an overzealous pressure, which that's kind of one of the things that I'm I'm kind of excited to see if, if Smith is, uh, if Zedari Smith is limited a little bit, is uh, Rayshon Gary maybe getting a little bit of time. You know, he got his uh, he got his first career sack this past week, which was great. I love that. But also if they're just setting him off the edge and saying, hey, let's go, man, let's just go get it. Uh, that could be a little overeager, and, and Wentz might be able to break loose if they break contain. So that's something to keep an eye on there, is just uh, how they bottle up Wentz. Do you just decide to seal my, my point? Is that what you well, I we, riffed we off. We talked about this pre. We, we, we mm. talked about it before recording. And I, uh, I riffed off of my point. Um, I, my then, point right here, it's written down. It says Smith slash Gary. Uh, that's interesting. Well, what are you gonna do now that I stole that one? You got you got something else lined up now that I took that one. Very cool of you to just do that. Okay, that was one of the things I was talking about. Was if Darius Smith is limited and what what they're gonna do with Sean Gary? But apparently we've covered that. We've covered that. We're good. So uh, Sarah, you got I, him a couple weeks ago. It's my turn this week. So it wasn't me. I'm not taking the heat. It wasn't me. <laughs> Thank you, Shaggy. I appreciate that. <laughs> She doesn't know who that is. That's uh, true. She has no yes, clue. Yes, I've heard of that song. Okay. I have heard of that I've song. I've heard of that song. Oh I listened to it before. I know what the song is that you're talking I about. I know the music of Mr. Shaggy. I know who that is. <laughs> uh, I think the biggest things that I'm looking for, um, number one, I want to see wide receiver two, wide receiver three. I don't know who that is right now. Because I am, uh, as much as it pains me to say this, I am falling more into the Dusty Evely camp of I don't like Geronimo Allison right now. I I was so mad at the game on Sunday. He dropped so many passes. So many. It's it's what he does. It's what he does. So, yeah, it's it's frustrating. Like, I, I thought that he legit could have the – like, uh, he should have had the, the number two sewed up and should have been fine, but he's just – he's not doing what he should be doing. And at this point, it's starting to become a problem. And so I'm very interested to see if MVS can continue to grow into that role. Um, he's a second-year guy. Like, there's still going to be growing pains. Everybody wants that – stud number two and it's it's not there like you can't 
look at MVS and be like, well, he's got to be a just stud number two wide receiver. That's not who he is. Like, you got to give him some time to grow into this brand new playbook for him. Like, he's doing really well. Like, he's got some mm-hmm. good games. He's got a, a off game, but he's got another, like, the third game. Like, he did well. And so I'm excited to see that. I want to keep seeing that. I want to see if Kumaro gets healthy, that if everything that Aaron Rodgers says about him, he can perform in an NFL game. I want to see that because right now with Gmo, it's not there. It is legit not there, and that's something that needs to be addressed. I know there's everybody in the Twitter world already talking about how they need to go trade for a wide receiver. I don't think they're going to get A.J. Green for a fourth-round pick, guys. I'm just telling you right now. I'm telling you right now. I don't think the Bengals are going to give up A.J. Green for even a third-round pick. I don't think they're going to give up A.J. Green for a third-round pick. So you can kind of put that one to bed. But I'm watching for that. Um, One of the other things I'm watching for is – Overall, this Eagles team is they are a very good team. They are two catches away from being three and oh. There was the play on fourth and 15 that JJ Arcia Whiteside dropped the ball. Everybody thought it was a nice play from the cornerback, and all of a sudden they watched the replay and go, oh, no, 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 no. He just dropped that. He just dropped that touchdown. Aguilar dropped another touchdown. Like it's Carson Wentz has been dealing with some very, very poor wide receivers. And he's not going to have everybody there. Like, you know, Deshaun Watson's uh, – or, sorry, not Deshaun Deshaun Jackson is not going to be there for him. So, it's it's not good. But they're a desperate team. They are one and two. They are coming into this game, and they know they need to win. They're going up against the Cowboys. They And they – it just – it's scary for me. I think that's the biggest thing I'm watching is to see how the Eagles react right away. Because the main thing you're watching is your own fear. Is that correct? Is that no. is that correct? No. Okay. 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 I want... okay. Okay. Just checking. I would like to see how the Eagles respond to this because mm-hmm. they're wanted. To... Oh, okay. <sighs> Sometimes, you know, Dusty, I wish that I had a mute button that I could just knock you out and then I could get... Mm. Wouldn't be bad. Not a bad No, idea. it wouldn't. I think everybody would benefit on this podcast from you not talking every once in a while. Like, you've got your great parts, <laughs> and then we should just cut you off. Mm. Like, it would be outstanding. It would be really, really good for you. You don't have one of those buttons, do you, Steve? I don't, unfortunately. Mm. The only thing I can do is mute myself. And, uh, <laughs> well, I'm sure some people would enjoy that. I'd, uh, I don't know. That's a, <laughs> I can't do that. Well, this is fun. Let's jump into score prediction because Dusty's an ass. Um, Sarah, what do you got? Because I don't want to give him first shot at it. My score prediction is 21-10 Packers. I don't think Ooh. the Packers offense is going to be crazy, but I think they're going to put enough points on the board because the Eagles defense is kind of depleted right now and they have some injuries. And I think the Packers defense comes up big again. And the Eagles are missing some wide receivers as well. So I think that kind of plays into it a little bit. So that's why I'm saying 21-10 Packers. We didn't talk about scores ahead of time. And I feel like if I have the same score Steve does, um, he's never going to look me in the eye again. So, Steve, why don't you go first? No, no, no. That's, why don't I you won't... say your score at the same time? <laughs> no. You know him, how mad he's going to get, Sarah? We can't do that over the internet either. Like that's It's just going to be like jumbled and people are going to mm-hmm. be confused. So... Uh, Jack, yes, why don't you go first? Okay, I got Packers 27-10, or 27-20, sorry. Uh, Steve? I good? Okay. I'm good. good. Yeah, we're good. We're actually, okay. we're good. I'm going awesome. Packers 34, Eagles 24. Oh, you got to put them up 30. What's the, I'm curious, Steve, what's the reasoning behind that? Uh, I think the fact that the Eagles, uh, secondary is pretty depleted. I think they're going to stress the, the pass game pretty quickly, and they've, They've come off to hot starts, you know, pretty quickly. And, I mean, they scored 21 right away in the first quarter uh, against the Vikings. So, I feel like that's something they can they continue to do, and especially versus a horrible secondary. You know, they might be able to do some stuff after that. So, I think that's going to happen. But I think – I believe in Carson Wentz. Like, I think he's a really good quarterback. And if Zadarius Smith is limited, 
that affects the defense a little bit because he's their emotional leader. He's their on the field leader. Even if he's on the sideline cheering for everyone, like I still think that affects them more than we would like to admit. So I think they give a little bit more on defense. I think they'll perform a little bit more on offense. And that's where I got 34, 24. All right. I like it. I like it. So, yeah, I think that'll, uh, that'll wrap it up. You guys got any, Final thoughts. I know we've kind of went over this. So, Dusty, what do you got for us? Yeah, I actually got a couple. Uh, one of them, man, it's it's coming up on Halloween-ish. There's a new show on Netflix called Marianne that I was going to ask if you guys have seen, but you've not because um, why would you? Uh, it's a French French horror show about like a, a, a YA author who uh, who basically it's got it's the the concept behind it. I'm only a couple episodes in right now, but it's kind of this this underlying concept that almost. Um, uh, Wes Craven dives into a bit new nightmare that you have these kind of nightmares. You have these forces that can be kept at bay through uh, storytelling, more or less. So she kind of has this uh, this ongoing story uh, series about this this witch, um, and she decides to end it. And then the witch kind of is slowly creeping back into her life, and it's kind of this: is this real? Is this not um, ridiculously creepy? Really, really creepy. I'm two episodes in, and uh, after the uh, after the last one, I had to watch um, an episode of. Uh, I think you should leave, which is a sketch comedy show on Netflix, just to kind of help me go to sleep. Maybe um, I really dig that so far. Um, and then my my other one is uh, football related. So you're I, you're a big baby, pretty much. I mean, I don't complain about clowns. You have to, to, people you have to watch other things to help you fall asleep because you're too afraid. Uh, rarely, it's. Rare. I watched it and I went right to bed. It's rare that happens. There's some imagery in Marianne that, for whatever reason, really got under my skin. Really, really stuck with me in a way I wasn't really prepared for. Um, it's really, really good. Um, <laughs> another one is, it's, uh, hey, it's, we're releasing this on Thursday. Hey, it's game day. Um, my article for the previous week's game is actually going to be out by the time you, you this podcast comes out. It's coming out Thursday morning. Uh, and I think it was a good one. I think it was a good one. I don't know. It was a lot of fun stuff to look at. Even if the, the, the offense was kind of a little, you know, fits and starts, a little herky-jerky stuff they're going on. Uh, they, were still, they were still running some interesting stuff. It was a fun one to write. So, uh, Cheesehead TV, if you listen to this, just head over to Cheesehead TV, and I've got an article up over there that was um, fun and hopefully good. I don't know. Maybe it's not good. But I enjoyed it. So, that's all that matters. It's probably not good. It's probably not good. And, eh, <laughs> might be, yeah. Ah, God, I hate saying nice things about you, but it's probably outstanding. Thank Sarah, you. final thoughts? Um, The only final thoughts that I had was just kind of like how much I enjoyed the third down pump-up videos at Lambeau. <laughs> Those were absolutely amazing. I think it's one of the best stadium like crowd interaction things that they've done. And Jamal Williams totally stole the show. The Smiths were on there, and it was good. And a few other people, I think Gary was on there once or twice. But every time Jamal Williams was on there, he was dancing or just saying something crazy or screaming really loud. And it was so good and so funny. And I'm so glad that they're doing that because I think it adds so much to the experience. So if you're going to a game and you haven't been yet this season, definitely look out for that because it is definitely a highlight. Outstanding. Uh, I think my only closing thought is, I, and I know this is a Packers podcast, but I'm enjoying all of the tweets with Bob Euchre getting beers poured on him. Like, <laughs> it is celebration of Milwaukee Brewers, and it's it's Wisconsin, it's Milwaukee, but, I mean, Bob Euchre getting beers poured on him, like, like, that's just outstanding. So I'm excited. It's Brewers. The Brewers are winning. The Packers are winning. The Badgers are winning. It is a great time to be a Wisconsin sports fan. Uh, we will talk in a week and we should be celebrating the fact that the Packers are four and O and heading down to Dallas, which is going to be just in, that's going to be a lot of fun. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm assuming that's, uh, I haven't looked at the schedule, but I'm assuming that's gotta be like the three twenty five like it's game of the week, be. right? Absolutely. It's gotta be right. Yeah. I know it's, I think it's at four twenty five already or three twenty five year time, but let's see. Yeah, yeah it is. Yep. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's that's listed as the Fox game of the week for that. So that, I mean that that that's outstanding. Like that's just going to be like the Cowboys haven't played great teams yet. So I'm kind of excited. Like I'm excited for the Packers to play another good team. I'm I'm just excited for them to be four and zero and going down to Dallas and going that there. Offense so, is doing work, man. 
Like, oh, yeah. We'll see what happens in Philly. But man, that Dallas offense looks so much better with, with Kellen Moore at the reins. I'm very curious to see how that plays out. No, it should be super exciting. And now I want to – I saw something about how they, they really haven't played anybody yet. Let's see. Um, oh, they opened Giants. Giants, Redskins, oh. yeah. Redskins and Dolphins. Redskins yeah. and Dolphins. Okay. Um, that's maybe fair. They're playing the Saints this weekend, so that'll be interesting. On Sunday Night Football, so that'll be interesting to see. No Drew Brees, but, yeah, that is a pretty light schedule. That is a pretty light schedule for them. If you so, look, I mean, a lot of teams around the league versus, like, the, what the not, not to get all homer here, the Packers have started with a really, really rough schedule, and if you look around, like, Who's played who? It's like, oh, this is uh, Packers. Yeah. Packers really starting out rough, and the fact they're three and zero after the, these teams they face, really impressive. Really impressive. Yeah, like the Patriots have not played good teams either. So they never do, though. They mm-hmm. never do. Well, it's pretty much that any anybody in the NFC East has just given up, and they just don't care anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's about right. But yeah, it's exciting. So uh, we will be talking to you guys in a week. Everybody is predicting a Packers victory again. So, uh, Sarah, how many extra points did I get for having the most accurate pick from last week? I thought it was just one. I get an okay. I just want to make sure that I do get an extra point. I thought it was just you get a point if you're the cl- if you are closest, but if you guess it exactly, then you get three. Here's my follow up question: Does it matter how many points he gets if no one is keeping track of the points? <laughs> Uh, anybody listening, please just go back through the last couple of weeks, and I, I need to know. Well, like, who was doing keep that? Track, keep um, for me. That Eric Eric Rose. I think Eric, Eric Rose. Rose was doing yes. that. Yeah, yeah. So if if you want to keep doing that, brother, um, yes. that's uh, fine. Like but to be the official scorekeeper of all of our picks, please but let here's me know. What because... I want, here's, here's what I want to tell you, though. If it gets to like week week twelve and Steve is winning, just lose the records. <laughs> Just lose whatever you were keeping track of it on. Just delete the file, please. I just I'm I'm asking you now, nicely as a friend. Is that fair, Steve? I, I hate the way that you are. <laughs> I can't help it. I I, seriously, help it. <laughs> I can't have nice things. Is that like I, I I load you up with good questions and mm. things to make you look smart because yeah, you're. Thanks. I, appreciate, I appreciate that, Steve. No, 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 no. Okay, good to know. Good mm-hmm. to know. Next week mm-hmm. you will not be loaded up with any questions like that. Uh, no. I'm I'm sick next week. Yeah. That's shocking. That is shocking. <laughs> All right, kids. Well, it's been fun. Um, we will chat next week to do a Packers victory Thursday because we can't do it right after the game. But uh, it should be fun. Make sure to follow us always um, at Packaday Podcast at Dusty Easley at is it All Talk Twenty Two? All Twenty Two Talk. So close. Ah, so close. So close. At, Sel- at Sarah Kelleher 4, you haven't put anything like about the UN in there yet, have you? No, I have not. No. Are you sure? Positive. Okay. Is there a link yet to your speech? Not that I know of. Son of a bitch. Like, this I, read, a- I read a story. I read a story on it, I believe. Yeah, there was a couple that was like, good. news stories, and then I had to do a blog post that highlighted That's what I read. Yeah, mm-hmm. I read the blog post. That was good. That was really good. Thanks. I still want the video. I still want the video of the whole thing. So work on that for me, please. Okay, I will. No, I don't think she's going to. That's, that's the same voice the same she used when she story. said she was keeping track of the scores. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the same exact yeah. voice. No, I fully recognize that tone from my wife of the things that I was. <laughs> uh, can you do this for me? Okay, sure. Sure thing. No, Absolutely. I get do on it. not believe that's going to happen at all. So. Well, kids, thanks for uh, thanks for playing with us. Uh, we will talk to you next week. And as always, go pack, go. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.